everyone, and welcome to the Learn to Lead podcast brought to you by Ability, an experiential learning company based in beautiful Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Matthew Confer, and today on the show, we have Mario Price, who is the Director of Coaching Education at the American Football Coaches Association. Thanks so much for joining us today, Mario. Hello, happy to be here. Well, I want to I want to start here. So the American Football Coaches Association has a mission that they talk about and it talks about the second part of the mission talks about a constant quest to improve, which is driven by two things. Um, that first is the urge to be victorious against all competition. But more importantly, the immense amount of uh, immense amount of responsibility that goes along with the power of a coach's influence. So can we start here? Can you talk about how you got started in the coaching profession and then what you personally believe is the power of the influence as a coach? Absolutely, man. Um, you know, I guess to start how I got into coaching um, uh, and ultimately into this role, probably have to rewind back just a little bit out of high school. I, I was recruited by multiple schools. I ended up committing and signing to West Point uh, up in up in New York. Uh, and this will show its importance down the road a little bit. Um, but went there for a year, obviously had some tremendous opportunities to, to see leadership firsthand. It was <laughs> very interesting experience uh, going through basic training and things like that. Uh, decided from a football standpoint, I wasn't getting everything I, I really wanted out of the place. My head coach named Todd Berry um, was let go after my freshman year. And I decided to transfer to Baylor University in Waco, Texas. And, you know, I finished the rest of my career, my playing career there. And when I went to West Point, I, I, I set out to be, uh, I wanted to use my role in the military to actually work for NASA. And that was my goal. I was, I was set up, I was going to be a chemistry major. And I got to Baylor and I was seeing my brother who was a high school uh, football coach at the time. He was, he was just getting started. I've seen how much fun he was having and um and I had took a few college level uh, chemistry courses and I was like ah you know what I don't know about this and uh I ended up going down a route of healthy human performance maybe exploring that that coaching option and so once I got done with my playing career I ended up getting uh, my first job was at a, as a middle school football coach at a uh, at risk middle school here in Waco and the school was shut down literally after the, my, my only year there and it, that that's kind of how at risk it was how many problems were there and the amount of impact that I was seeing all the teachers and coaches have at that point in time um, was tremendous and then really as a first year coach not knowing left from right really in terms of uh, maybe schematics just you know trying to lead young people to make great decisions uh, the, the importance of school, the importance of family, the importance of character and all these types of things. Uh, man, I, j I just realized the impact the coach truly has. You know, I truly wasn't fired up about the job when I got it because <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to be a very, very tough situation, but it was so rewarding. And that was kind of the beginning of my career after that. I, I coached high school ball for two more years. And I ended up at the collegiate level at Texas A&M Commerce. And after two years there, I actually, once again, this is where West Point kind of shows back up. Uh, our, our head coach then, Todd Berry, was the head coach at Louisiana Monroe, and I gave him a ring and said, hey, man, uh, I'm in the coaching now. I know we only really spent one year together. Uh, you know, if you ever got something down the road, let me know. And I ended up taking a job at Millsaps, and he calls me back, um, you know, like a year later. And he's like, hey, man, I got, a, I got a graduate assistant opportunity. I thought about you. If you're interested, let me know. And so me and him reunited, and I did a GA for him for a year, and then uh, – end up being a full-time coach there for about four years our staff got fired end up at Davidson uh, College 
as he got fired, he ended up taking over the American Football Coaches Association. And um, he calls me up after my first year at Davidson. He's like, hey, man, I'm in Waco. You know, I know you played, you know, you transferred from Army there. Uh, You're a great guy. Enjoy working with you. Just wondering if you'd be interested in this role. And so kind of a long story, but, I mean, this is a relationship I've had with this guy for 20 years and, you know, definitely had some blank spots in there as, uh, you know, transfer schools and he was fired a couple of times and uh, you know kind of came around full circle and I ended up uh, ended up here but uh, you know to answer the second part of your question just in, in terms of uh, the, the the power of influence I mean it was pretty cool um, you know after getting fired at, at, at Louisiana Monroe having players send you text messages and calls for uh, the, you know their weddings and you know events that they have on in their life and you're like yeah, you know what? We went didn't win a ton of games the last year or two there, but uh, my what what I was able to leave with those young people um, goes far beyond that. And I just have always kind of appreciated what what coaches have been able to leave on young people. What my coaches have left on me, um, you know, my relationship with with, with Todd Berry, how it's, I mean, literally, you know, paid for my wedding, it's paid for me to have kids, all these types of things, you know. So it's just a really special relationship that coaches have. Well, I have to say that's a, I knew a little bit about your journey. That's a, a fascinating look at how you got in the different um, forks in the road that took you to where you are. If I, if I could hearken you back to where you started your career, what do you wish you knew about what it takes to be an effective coach back then when you were coaching at lower levels and you were a little bit more new in the profession? When you think back to that, what, what do you wish you had known then about what it takes to be an effective coach? Um, I would I would say uh, I think the biggest lesson I, I I had to learn personally was it's very important to be yourself, to be Mario Price, uh, you know, to be whoever that you are. It's it's you know you get that first opportunity and it's like oh man I'm I got my first job. Let me go Google Bill Belichick and Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney and uh, let me go see exactly what these guys do and I want to kind of you know uh, try to try to kind of be like them and I. I won't say I totally kind of went down that road, but, you know, I, I was influenced probably um, by what I looked up and what I was able to read about. And I tried to, you know, be these other people. And it took me not very long to realize that it was just probably more important to learn that stuff, um, but but make sure it fits who I am. And so I can be effective and authentic with my people and, um, you know, as a coach and, and as a coworker with the other coaches. I'm curious, you've had the, the pleasure and the opportunity to, to coach at many different levels. Um, how have you adjusted your approach, given that, you know, some of the individuals you worked with were, were very early in their football career, but very early in their life, and, and some of the individuals are, are much more um, mature individuals, and then obviously in your current role, you know, you interact with a lot of other coaches that some, some older, some younger, I'm sure, than you. How do you kind of tailor your approach to how you coach, mentor, and influence given the, the audience that you have at a given moment? Yeah, I mean, I, it's, I don't know, it's like courses in college to a certain extent, I guess. I mean, it's the same lesson. It's just, you know, when you're with a younger group, it's that, that one-on-one class, you know, it's, it's, you keep things very basic. Um, you know, if you're coaching receivers with seventh and eighth graders, I mean, you're teaching them how to place their hands to catch the football. Um, literally, hey, make a diamond with your hands, spread them out, you know, soft elbows. And so you really, really get into, into these details. And I don't, you know, I think whenever you start dealing with older kids with a lot more experience, 
you, you still always, uh, you know, harp some of those, those basic fundamentals, but you know, you don't spend as much time on, them, you know, but, but you do, you do mention it. And I, you know, like I said, I wasn't fired up. I, I was, I felt I was this big time guy that just got done playing college football and I got that middle school job. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm so above this man, but I really learned how to, how, how to teach and coach effectively um, because it was so much about the fundamentals and the details and the very, very, very small things. Uh, it wasn't about the schemes of what we were running, things like that. You know, as far as dealing with, uh, with, with, with coaches now, I think it's more about, actually, not, not even just the coaches, but this is probably all around too, is just that mutual respect. Um, you know, not, not been above those kids. Like I said, I, w I might not have been fired up when I was coaching middle school football, but I, I respected the heck out of those young people. And uh, I showed them the respect that sometimes a lot of them weren't even getting at home. And, uh, uh, and, and it always, it always kind of reciprocated and, and, and came back to me. And so, you know, as I'm dealing with coaches now, I uh, just make sure I show that mutual respect, make sure that they understand that I, I do have a background that, uh, that they can respect as well. And uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty easy after that. When, when you get together with other coaches um, in a, a, you know, a, a fun context, but also in a work context, what, what do you all talk about? What do you struggle with? What do you think people in your profession are trying to get better at? And, and when you're talking to a coach that you respect, what are the kinds of things that you're trying to glean from that relationship? What are you trying to learn from people that you respect in the business? Oh, man, I think uh, that's a great question. You, you know, what's really funny is... Uh, I'd use this as an example here over this, uh, this COVID period, um, the state, these stay at home orders that a lot of us have been dealing with. I decided to put on some virtual clinics and I was able to just grab a coach and he would spend an hour on a, on a, on a zoom call with us and, you know, coaches from all over the country, all over the world were able to hop on, learn a little bit. And so, uh, David Braun, who is the defensive coordinator at, North Dakota State and North Dakota State is not a division one school but it's a, it's a division one school but it's not division one like Alabama it's a it's a division one FCS and they won the national championship probably for like the last 10 years it's one of the most winning programs in school history and and so he has a ring almost for every finger and what was so cool was uh, I, I actually did a zoom clinic myself and uh, you know he calls me up and he's like Hey man, I just would love to pick your brain. You were talking about some stuff from an offensive standpoint. You know, me being a defensive coordinator, that made me made me question some things. And I would love to sit down and pick your brain. And I think uh, what makes coaching so special is that these guys are just relentless to continue to learn and relentless and continuing to be innovative. And I think because of the innovation that happens on so many different sides of the ball, um, you know, offense, defense, special teams, that. You know, if you're defending somebody, you have to equally go out and learn so you can kind of keep up with the pace. And so, uh, you know, when you have conversations with these coaches, man, it, it can range from anything, man, from how can I be a better recruiter? Uh, you know, how can I start to stop an RPO? What's the best defense to run on third and one? Um, how do you motivate and encourage your team? What should we be doing throughout this, uh, you know, COVID-19 situation? How, how, how can I effectively, you know, uh, still coach my kids from 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 a distance, you know? So, you know, every conversation I have with coaches is, is just so different because I mean these guys are so hungry, and I, I don't think it's just specifically special to coaching, but uh, because these do, these dudes do, do want to pour so much back into their young athletes, man, they're just relentless to learn.
Hmm. How do you take what happens on the football field to your, your business dealings? I mean, this is not just, you know, your passion kind of on the, the gridiron. You also have to interact with these coaches more in a formal context in your, in your role with the coaches association. And then I guess, how do you take it into your, your family life and your personal life? What have you learned that makes you a successful coach that we could all maybe take in, into our, our lives that for those of us that, that don't step foot on a football field, but also just for those of us that are looking to get better in those that, that turn to us for guidance? Um, I think probably the biggest thing I've learned in, in, in these relations, in these, uh, I was going to use the term relationships, is relationships. Uh, I think, you know, even when I'm dealing with these coaches from a business perspective, man, it's, it's, it's so much relying on the relationships you build, how you treat people, um, you know, just those small little itty bitty things that I think is just so important that can be carried over in, in, in life period, you know, whether you're a, a manager at a 7-Eleven uh, or Walmart or something like that, or you're the head football coach of the Patriots. I mean, just taking that time to, to, to really build a relationship and uh, show that, show your empathy and your care for those people around you. I think, you know, one of the old adages, adages in coaching, and I think it probably applies to teaching as well, is, you know, nobody knows, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And so I think, uh, you know, a lot of the relationships that I think have went a long, long way with me uh, as a, maybe as me as the mentee were built off, you know, strong relationships, people calling and check in on me as I was getting fired or looking for a job after my GA position. Um, uh, you know, me as more in this mentor role as a coach and as a somebody that a lot of these coaches work with, it's, you know, the, these guys that I'm sending text messages on after they get blown out in the national championship game or, uh, you know, after their, their staff just got let go, I think it just really goes a long way. And I'm able to kind of take that home and, you know, always be very, very careful about my relationships with my, my kids and, um, you know, making sure that they know I care about them and all that good stuff. Hmm. That really resonates. And, and I think one of the questions that I had when I kind of learned that you were the director of education um, for this, this large coaching organization, what do you find people coming to you for um, that maybe they weren't coming to you for from an instruction perspective a year to three years ago? How has the profession really changed? And, and what are the people that are your constituents looking for more of? Where are they looking to level up? Well, I would say from an organizational standpoint, I, I kind of answer from that perspective. Uh, prior to me getting here, uh, it, was a, it was a guy named Todd Brown. He was amazing. He did a really good job. And so I used to come to this as a, as a coach myself for the last eight years before I, before I got here to the ASCA. Always enjoyed the, uh, always enjoyed the convention. It was very, very geared towards uh, maybe the business networking portion of it. And it was re really geared towards, uh, how should I say it? Um, some of the things that aren't on the football field, I guess, uh, you know, those types of how to motivate players, uh, your philosophy as a head coach, creating culture. And one of the things that when I took over, when I took over, I was like, hey, you know, what would be pretty cool is, you know, if we, we still kept those things because those are so important, obviously, to program the networking, the, uh, you know, the, the culture, you know, building leadership amongst your team, things like that. But also, obviously, the, the main thing is the X and O's, 
the, the, the ability to go up and line up and create good plays and have your players ready to play on Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays. And so um, I instituted some things that were a lot more excellent oriented. Um, uh, we, we drag in a football field into the, into the convention that we hold every year and uh, coaches come in one at a time and they, they, they spend 25 minutes with some local college athletes and they actually do drills. And I mean, it, thousands of coaches circle this football field and they're just taking notes they're recording and they're going back. And so um, a lot of coaches, I, I feel like now probably versus what two, two years ago to get to your original question, um, they're, they're talking to me a lot about schematics, about you know, what am I seeing in the game? What, what am I seeing teams uh, move to? What, what do I predict will be the next, you know, offensive gadget that that's kind of going in things like that. So, um, it, it, believe it or not, it, from a football organization, you think that was already there, but that's kind of a lot more of my conversations um, with majority of people. I do have a handful of guys that we put on this thing called the 35 and the 35, where we identify 35 young coaches that are on a fast track to be doing some really, really special things, uh, you know, by the time they're 40, 45, things like that. And those guys hit me up very often about, um, you know, advice in terms of, career trajectory and uh should I take this job you know should you do I know this guy etc things like that hmm. really interesting and one of the things that we always try to do at the end is ask kind of the same questions the same two questions to every guest before I do that though I want to add one in and, and I think part of it is the the background that you have um, one thing that I'm interested in or a little bit curious at if you weren't a coach now, um, what would you want to be doing? Um, would you want to have pursued chemistry? What do you sometimes think about, you know, if I wasn't doing what I was doing now, what would I want to be doing? Oh man, that's interesting. I guess, uh, you know, I, I definitely, if you asked me that question, probably my first five to six years out of, out of coaching, that would always be that thing in my back pocket that I would want to get to, uh, was back to that astronomy chemistry I, I always have a strong interest there I think um more here lately um if there was anything else I could get into pro probably law I've been really really interested in law here as of late for whatever reason I don't know maybe watching too many tv shows or something like that on my uh, when I get home but uh that, that's where I tend to have a lot more interest now these days that's great. So I'm going to, I'm going to shift us to the final two rapid fire questions. We ask all of our guests this. So question number one is if you could describe your own leadership style in one word, what word would you use? Yeah, interesting. I would probably say uh, democratic. And our final rapid fire question is this, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Um, I would say, be who you are. Well, thank you very much, Mario. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Where can our listeners find out more about you? Absolutely. Um, best places to, if you're interested in keeping up with me is on Twitter. And my Twitter name is Coach Mario Price. And uh, also our organization who does a tremendous job of uh, just disseminating news, um, talking about the coaching profession is We Are AFCA. Um, that's the Twitter account. And you can also just find information at, at our website, afca.com. Well, thank you again. That's where I found you. And thank you for all of the, the great insight. And, and to our listeners, if you enjoyed today's show, we would love a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. And we truly appreciate you sharing this show and all of our shows with your network. 
You can find me on social media at Matthew Confer, and you can find our organization Ability, that is A-B-I-L-I-T-I-E at Ability.com, and be sure to subscribe so that you get our next episode, and I want to thank you all for joining us on the Learn to Lead podcast. Thank you.